Hello, and welcome to the Trial Lawyer Podcast. Um, as we mentioned, uh, not on our last podcast, but the one before that, we are occasionally going to be uh, having a little fun on this podcast, which is something we normally prohibit uh, by no rule. No fun. No fun at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was prohibited. <laughs> Absolutely. We had Very to have serious. We were, we were putting law. time out at one point. This is the law. Quite literally. We're in marble buildings that we work in with very serious people. Um, so, but every once in a while we're going to have fun and we're going to, um, one of the things we're doing to have fun is we're going to be reviewing some great and not so great legal movies. And um, this week we are going to be talking about The Rainmaker, John Grisham's The Rainmaker. Um, Which is, wh- the book is way better than the movie. I haven't read the book. I've read the book, and it's been a long time, so I don't really remember, but the, I really like the movie. I, I like the movie, too. To it's hard to be a plain slayer and not like the movie. I think the things like that the bother me about the movie aren't in the book. And that's what are the I, things that bother you about the movie? Right, here we go. Let's just get into this, Dan. Well, it's mostly just the, go for the, it. Love, the whole love scene and... It's shoehorned into both the book. I remember that. I remember that. I remember being annoyed. I mean, the love scene is still in the book, but it's not so. I don't know. It's. I remember it being in the book and and the movie, and in in both cases, thinking this was shoehorned in, so this was not just about the battle between the lawyers over this, you know, uh, over this case. Well, Grisham does. I think in all of his book, he's. Books, he has like this formula that's why you can write them so fast it's like here's the main story and we're gonna take a little detour over here for a little bit with another case or something but it's like what's then, the point well it's to fill pages i think well but uh, don't they do that <laughs> yeah don't they, they, add, be, they, they add that though to they, add you that i think you have an editor who would say oh john um this uh um, hey would you mess with christian it's like it's like the last the jedi it's like the last jedi Okay, where they have whole segments of the movie, seven like seventy minute segments of the movie, where characters go on missions that don't matter at all to the outcome. Like when they remember yeah. when they, did you see the movie? Why yeah. are you so angry, Gabe? When they because the one was Gabe. Put your pants right? back on. It's it's it's. Here's the thing, though: is you, no, would I will you not. Mess, because would you mess with Grisham's if it really is like his algorithm? He kind of has this thing. I when I, if I was making it. the movie, if I was see, you don't understand. You buy the rights to the movie. Well, Michael Michael wants. Connolly described this once. Somebody asked him. He's like, "Look, if somebody buys the rights to the movie, they own it, like and they can do whatever they want. And yeah. I'm not going to be pissed about it because they bought it. And so, if yes, I would totally. If I had been if I had been producing or directing that movie, I would have been like, that thing you were planning on hiring Claire Danes to do, where she's all beat up. Cut, cut, cut. Like like the like the woman says. About her children in the will. In the cut, will. Cut, 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 cut. I want to talk to you about your will. I'm cut my children out Anna. of my will. Cut, 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 cut. cut. I'm gonna cut that out. Which she is adorable. In the oh, movie. she's fantastic in the movie. In the book, she's a little annoying. I don't remember that. The but old lady, she's a little. Annoying. What did you think about the lawyering and their depiction of the kind of the Goliath, the David and Goliath litigation? Well, the best part is. When you know when Matt Damon's like, when do you remember when you sold out? I'm curious about what, and I'm just wondering. 
Do you even remember when you first sold out? Yeah, that was, that, that's I pretty that awesome. Phrase. With, I liked in the book. Do you book, remember when you first saw that? I remember in the book, and I think they allude to this a little bit in the movie. But in the book, they make a Did big deal about precise how he, moment, something like that. About he he um, about how the the day before that deposition, he takes a bus, and they talk about him being on the bus riding up yeah. to go take the deposition, and the other lawyers flying in first class and yep. doing doing this, and you know he's on the bus and. This happens two or three times in the in the you know he's like thinking well am I gonna you know he, it's a big deal when he's like I'm gonna take this guy's deposition and this guy's and then I'm going home and I'm gonna see the judge, yep. you know because he see, just took a bus for all it, night to get up there and in the book the judge is a lot more we'll say proactive yeah in helping in helping, uh, in helping him along his character yeah Rudy Baylor Rudy Baylor yeah if that's not a like a just classic good old boy southern name. Good old boy southern name. You know, small firm hero. I never liked in the book or the movie how they, um, even though it's extremely realistic, how at the end of the lawsuit uh, the company goes bankrupt and you get nothing. Um, Isn't uh, that just so unsatisfying? Well, because I've seen it happen. Like, you know, where it's like, or clients who want to go after somebody. Even in smaller cases, clients who want to go after somebody who has no insurance, for something that's not insured, right? And they're like, no, but trust me, he lives in this huge house, <coughs> and he's got this, he drives this Lambo everywhere, and he's got you know, two of them. And if they've he's got, got money, all this money, I know it. Man. And I put them on an, you know, we, we, and we'll do it on an hourly fee if they're really wanting to do it. And then, it, but I warn them several times, like, look, you've got to understand. There is a really good chance this guy's just living large, and he's he, nothing you know, to his name. Yeah, he's and you and, to the hill. inevitably you get to the end of the case, and he doesn't. He you know he has no equity in that house. That car, all the creditors are way. That in front car of you. is like, yeah. you know, the reason that, that car is now hidden in some garage somewhere because there's a tow truck out looking to repossess it. I mean, like, bank accounts are empty. But before we get into that, just a brief word from our sponsors. Unfortunately, most lawyers are never available when you need them. Many of them don't put your interests first. The lawyers at White & Garner do things differently. We take each case very seriously. We will always put your interests first. We represent people who have been injured in accidents. We also handle commercial litigation cases. Other law firms assign your case to a paralegal or secretary and put that person in charge of managing your case. Getting your actual attorney on the phone can be a nightmare, no matter how important your case. At our firm, every case is important and every client gets our full attention. We only take cases that we are comfortable taking all the way to a jury trial. Every move we make helps us better prepare your case for trial. To get the best results at trial, you need a lawyer that is paying attention and that is not afraid of a jury. You need the lawyers at White & Garner. Each client of White & Garner has access to their attorney at any time, any day of the week. You can talk directly to your attorney about your case at any time, day or night. If we do miss your call, we will get back to you within 24 hours. If you hire a lawyer from White & Garner, we will be there for you when you need us. That is our promise, and we keep our promises.
um, and you just get a piece of paper that says you won X amount of dollars and you get nothing. So, Gabe, I think the you real question from this movie is, at what point are we going to give you a nickname like Bruiser? Donnie, you're out of your element. <laughs> Gabriel Bruiser. Donnie, you're like a child who wanders into a room with no sense of what's going on. All right, Bruiser, calm down. Bruiser. Uh, Bruiser. Like no, I don't think so. have a tank full of sharks. I, that... that that nickname would make me happy, too happy for you to give it ever give <laughs> it to me. Gabriel the Bruiser. Gabriel Bruiser White. Bruiser White. And get some entrance music like the wrestlers. Yeah, and he's got the white hair and it's slicked back on the sides. Yeah, but have even shinier shoes and rings. tighter pants. And yeah. Tighter pants. He doesn't have tight pants. I'm not talking about you, Gabe. I'm not going to have tight pants. I'm sure you're not. Tighter. Tighter. Well, yeah, I, I, I could see that. But anyway, how did this conversation get on my pants? I don't know, Bruiser. Scott, do you have something you want to tell me, man? I mean, is it... Uh, it's a safe space. Are you it's a safe space. You can profess your love if you need. You know, I, mean, I remember the good old days. I remember a good old Gabe with the weird pants. Oh, I still so, like, have those pants. You, you're wearing jeans lately. They're just, just usually... Not... But they're, they're, those are summer pants, okay? They're, they're madras pants, and, and my golf pants. I, don't, are, I think it's been, those are for I think it's been months See, when it's snow since outside. I used the word fabulous in connection with your pants. And that's yes, really because it, it's pants. January and almost February. Mm -hmm. So months ago oh, no. was when it was warm <laughs> and you could wear those pants. I think the worst part that they leave or they cut from the movie, from the book that I really liked was he kept getting just screwed by all of his, he, he gets a job. Oh, and then, life. And oh, then yeah. he loses it. He gets another job. He loses it. It was just, and then he like breaks and he like does some vandalism in one of the law firms. And, like he's gonna get a. Oh, my favorite, me. my favorite yeah. character is Dick Shiflet, paralawyer. Paralawyer. See, in law school, Rudy, they don't teach you what you need to know. It's all theories and lofty notions and big fat ethics books. What's wrong with ethics? Nothing, I guess. I mean, I believe a lawyer should fight for his client, refrain from stealing money, and try not to lie. You know, the basics. As long as you don't want to starve. Yeah, like, it's like he's like, I didn't go to law school to chase ambulances. And he's like, what I Matt Damon sort of is so, so Southern accent. Yeah. You know, a guy from Boston, uh, try, South Boston, trying to do a, a, a Southern accent. What they teach you in law school? Well, they didn't teach me how to chase ambulances. Well, you better learn quick. You're going to starve. Well, they, they, so didn't they at one point, as soon as he was hired by Bruiser, get sent over to the hospital? Well, you know, they, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the... I mean, isn't that yeah, what we talked about the other day? The, yeah. You are Bruiser. You're going to be no. sending, you're going to be sending your firm over to the hospital. That, I think we should be allowed to do that, but I don't... I, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I just I'm want to I'm not going to break the rules. I just... Well, and there's a reason why lawyers should be allowed to meet with potential clients at the hospital or in any other location. Um, and it's explained a little bit by the movie. Coming at you from every direction, offering you settlements. I do not want you under any circumstance to sign anything without me reviewing it first. You understand? My number is on this card. You can call me 24 hours a day. Mr. Rudy Baylor's number is on the back. You call that number for him anytime, okay? Do you have any questions? No. Good. We're going to get you a bunch of money. Let's go. 
You know, because I am a... That's how he meets... Uh, a good law-abiding uh, lawyer the lo- here. The love... It's like the, it's like the uh, net, ne- net neutrality thing, right? All these big companies are like, no, no, trust us. We, we just want... The, we never throttled your service. No, we just, we just want not. the ability well, to do it. you're just worried that if I go over to the hospital that I might... That one of the, your adjusters might trip over me as they're coming out of the patient's room. Are you going to be hung over, like, passed no, out of the they're entrance? No, they're going to be happening? so excited from the re- the release they got from the half-conscious person who was just run over by their trucking company that they're going to not be looking the right way and they're going to fall. They're going to run right into me. Well, Gabe, the question I have then is, will you be wearing a cape? When you're <laughs> super bruiser, and, 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 and I'm and here to protect the unprotected, like, like, like Batman. Yeah, and I'll descend from the from, from the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> I'm bruiser. Some repelling. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Wait, there should be more repelling in our profession. So, you think that uh, this movie is the same as the? Uh, a certain case that came out of Utah. You know, there. I. I. I don't think it's the same, but. I, Are we, you know, obviously, because it's health, it? Is it, is it health okay insurance. Bring a, no, that's. It's, I think it's that's public okay. record. That's all public record. Yeah. So no, it, there, there, the question is whether or not this case is the same as the State Farm versus Campbell case. And, and here's the thing: I have never gone back, and and I should do this. I have never. We should gone get back. Grisham on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, if we if you can pull that off, you all right. Let's do it. New goal for 2019. If any of our tens I, of listeners, know I have never version. gone back and matched <laughs> and tried to match up the 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 four dates. You four new ones. The, 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 I have never gone back and tried to match up the dates of things that happened in trial and when he wrote the book. However, there are some really striking similarities I think the trial between happened like seven years between. Before. I don't even think we've said the name of the trial yet. It's it's the camp, 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 okay, Campbell versus State Farm, and 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 this case. Obviously, this was a health insurance case, so that was another thing that was legally uh, they kind of glossed over is that all of this would have been governed by a completely different ERISA. set of laws, probably yeah. ERISA. Although, if it's not an employee plan, then I guess it would be governed by state insurance law. But still, it'd be different. But. Um, you know, and, and it wouldn't have that sort of bad faith element. But, you know, there were things that were very similar. Like there was, you know, documents that were discovered in the, you know, one of the lawyers who worked on the Campbell versus State Farm case always told me they got more, they produced more State Farm documents in that case than State Farm did. And that there was an instance where a former employee had a claims manual, that, a copy of a claims manual at State Farm that had a section, like the section U, in the Rainmaker, that State Farm claimed didn't exist, and in fact was in this claims manual and said most of the really nefarious stuff that super pissed off the jury. So the, in the book, they make it sound more like uh, John Boyd's character, which I can't remember the guy's, the defense attorney's character's name. I don't remember. But in the book, that. they portray it more like the health insurance company is hiding it from him too. No. Whereas the yeah. movie, it's like he's the ringleader. Yeah. Uh, I was Drummond. Drummond. Leo yeah. Drummond. Leo, Leo Drummond. Leo Drummond. Yeah. Where in the movie, it, it makes it, it's definitely more like Leo Drummond is the ringleader and he's the one hiding all the stuff. Hiding the documents. Yeah. And, and the, Which the book, and, I think, is lo- probably more realistic. And as, yeah. And as a, as a comparison to Campbell, you seen the movie no portrayed idea. him as the ringleader hiding stuff? 
I felt uh, like the movie played him off as a little bit kind of a tool, but a, an effective tool, and the insurance company was the bad guy. Well, I think, like, for example, the, the, with the Section U, I think he was aware... That it existed. That, that it existed and that it was bad. Because as soon as he hears that uh, this witness they've been trying to hide, um, this former employee that they let you know let resign two days before a deposition, as soon as she says, "Yeah, I've got a copy of this claims manual and it does have a section U," that's when he jumps up and runs up and wants to have the conference with the court. Um, but then you later you see when she's reading from it, you see his face go, "Oh." You know, like he didn't know it was that bad. Yeah. And so, you know, I think there's some ambiguity there as to whether what John Voight's character knew, what Leo Drummond knew, and when did he know it? Yeah. Well, and I, and well, if I would have just not asking things for from clients and they're either being slow or really resistant, and it's like, no, we. We need to give this over to them. I haven't had that problem with, with, and uh, I mean, I've had clients who balked at things like tax returns and stuff like that because they consider it private. But once you explain to them why, then I immediately get it. But I haven't ever been in a situation where I've asked. Now I haven't done bad faith cases. I haven't done you know, giant intellectual, you know, hundred million dollar intellectual property cases, which you know it's odd. This is. It's basically a bad faith insurance denial case in a context where you probably wouldn't have a bad faith insurance denial. I mean, yeah, I wonder how party, often that came up. I mean, because this party is obviously so. pre-Affordable Care Act, where pre-existing conditions, I'm sure, people were getting denied left and right for health insurance Well, and the coverage. book the book makes pretty clear that their their denial process was was their denials were incorrect and that it, the trial becomes more in both the book and the movie less about their individual denials in this case and more about the fact that they Practice. have a policy yeah. of denying well, all claims. Well, I'm just curious. I'm sure there's some lawyer out there as soon as Affordable Care Act came into place that lost their entire practice because I'm sure there was someone that their practice was dedicated to uh, insurance pre-existing condition denials and whether uh, that was made in yeah, faith or not. That, yeah, that's possible. That, that could be. So I mean, that would fall. Most of that stuff is litigated in ERISA context and problem with plaintiffs who claims in ERISA is that the plaintiff oftentimes has a really high burden to meet. Um, you know, they're really difficult. It's one of those Well, I'm not talking about ERISA. I'm talking about Hashtag like lobby. this case. Well, and it's it, it's interesting because ERISA was originally... I interviewed... That's another po- episode of the podcast you can go back to. We interviewed Brian King uh, on the uh, the the podcast, uh, uh, I believe, last year. And his, his interview is still up there. And he does... He's an ERISA lawyer and a, and a state legislator. So very inter- interesting episode if you want to listen to that. But... You know, basically, it's interesting because ERISA was in, originally enacted um, as kind of a sort of left-wing effort to protect workers and protect workers' pensions and benefits, and to from you know greedy corporate interests. And, Pillaging. Yeah, and it's been turned around through a few Supreme Court decisions or a few 
you know, uh, I don't know if they're Supreme Court decisions or lower court decisions that haven't been challenged, but uh, into essentially a weapon against the worker, where you know now if they're denied benefits, they have a really hard time being able to collect. But I mean, overall, I think that the flavor of the of the rainmaker is very accurate in terms of the again the David versus Goliath scenario that a lot of plaintiffs firms even really established ones that aren't just right out of law school um, you know find themselves in where they are up against some massive company um, especially with federal pleading standards being what they are now where you have to you know under Twombly an Iqbal where you have to plead really specific yeah, but hasn't facts. Been, and, hasn't uh, Twombly been scaled back? But it, it was Iqbal is the I think mm -hmm. is the current. But it's still the judge. It's really murky, and the judge can dismiss your complaint for not pleading facts. And it's not really clear. Like, well, how okay. much do you need to know? Is notice yeah. pleading dead? Yeah. And you know, if if all the facts are in the hands of my adversary, don't aren't I entitled to do some discovery to get to get those specific facts? Anyway, um, you know, I think uh, the performances by the actors were great. The direction was great. Writing was great. Uh, great movie overall. So um, that that is my vote. What do you gentlemen? What do you gentlemen think? Yeah, no, I love them. I love it. I mean, I've. That's why I read the book. I mean, I've probably seen the movie three or four times. Yeah, I've seen it, I think, three times. I I, I just wish I had more McConaughey. <laughs> you know that part when they burn his house? Donnie! <laughs> That's your oh, new nickname is Donnie. Donnie. Which Donnie. they actually, speaking of McConaughey, they, the time to kill, uh, what, um, Brigance, right? That's the actor, the character's name. Grisham wrote a second book starring him. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not his... I can't remember what it's called, though, right now. It was really boring. It was, it was, it was, it was super good. You can't remember. No, I, it was a good book. I just can't remember the... It, it was, was about I, whether or not a uh, subcontractor's like work was an occurrence. It was super realistic. That was actually part of... Riveting. He was trying to get the insurance money for this house being burned down. He's like, this was It was a will issue. An occurrence. had to do with whether or not it was his own the own work exclusion. Own work Exclusion applied. It got hot. It, it got, got just, and there were, and the, the, that whole section about flashing <laughs> was amazingly interesting. It was like the first. It's industry standard. Well, it violates code and the nailing patterns. <laughs> <laughs> the book is called. It's got to go into the stud. Never ever no, ever doesn't. ever do anything in construction litigation. Oh come now. Well, you know what. You should, all, you should all <laughs> yeah. get into construction. So it's called Sycamore Row, and part of the book is actually about him trying to get his money from his insurance company, from his house being burned down. I have. The, I and feel like the, John Grisham main, has an axe to grind with the insurance industry. But the uh, main... Shouldn't we all, though? Excuse hey, me, Well, who pays your bills? Only uh, when I make them. The uh, well, the main I part to, of the movie. I have to is, like grab them, hold them down, tie them your up. Your clients are going to come to you and say, "Hey, you know what? They really want to pay me, but I'd prefer to give you a third of it." And they ask, they ask like, they <laughs> can, ask, "Can I give you a they third? Like, They're like, trying to pay me, and I'm like, "Don't pay me." I the attitude, give the, the attitude about half the time is like, "Wait, you have claims? We we were just planning on accepting premiums. 
We're, we like the premium part of it. But this whole claim thing you mentioned, that boy, that sounds bad. You're saying hey, we're going to have to write you a quit, check? Quit trying to kill that golden goose. I'm you not know, trying to kill the goose. I'm not arguing about killing the golden Ooh. goose. I'm just saying that sometimes the golden hey, goose... Hey, Dan, uh, goose is delicious. Don't, don't, uh, Let's eat a goose. Don't, don't, don't have their insurance best Anyways, to heart. finish what I was saying before, so rudely <laughs> interrupted. All right. Sycamore Row is about a will contest with a guy because he hangs himself, and then there's a question about all the errors. It's, it's very interesting. I like the character, Jake Grant, so I enjoyed the book. Powers, I'm going to talk to you for a minute about Sunshiny Days so you can lift up the, for the end of the podcast. Do you what? like Sunshiny Days? Why do I not like Sunshiny Days? Oh, everyone loves Sunshiny Days, don't they? I feel like there's a trap coming here. No, you there's, put there's on not. A, I just don't want to end a, with his discussion about a suicide in a burned-down <laughs> house. Like, you put on a strange... Uh, a strange... <laughs> I know how to a big Lebowski sweater, but all I can think about is Bill Cosby now. Oh, oh, you keep no. going dark on us, don't Dude, you? Dude, this looks nothing day. like this. It is, is a nice day. This is literally the same sweater. I mean, not the same sweater, but the same exact design, design and company material. and everything and material as... You bought it from eBay? No, it's made by Pendleton. And you make know, like cheap Western wear. And you know, the best really tie-in, Gabe, is that cheap this rug that we're in here really ties the room together. It does, doesn't it? You got the sweater, you got the rug... Just uh, make sure, you know, you uh, don't uh, ruin that rug, Powers. I have been drinking a lot of Diet Dr. Pepper Make sure here. your house broken. All right, with that, we thank you so much for, for listening to this riveting yet uh, a fun uh, podcast. We will be back um, next week with a new topic. Bruiser and Donnie will be back and, next week. Uh, we, we will continue to include... These little interstitial um, uh, podcasts on you gotta earn on, it, on on uh, on fun topics, and make sure you subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>